my recommendation is to try to keep your hair out for a couple of weeks in between installs. And then after you do like maybe two or three installs, then have your hair out for a little bit, like a couple of months, and then put it back in. Because with anything, like, yes, it's a protective style, but it's not a protective style if you keep putting tension on your hair. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a good thing about it is, like, now there's so many different techniques for extensions. There might, there's microlinks. There's, you know, um, you know, sew-in. So many different techniques to where, you know, you can do these things that you want, but the ultimate goal should be to, I want to get my hair healthy. All right, y'all, today I have Shamika Pitts. And um, as y'all know, I'm having different business owners on here. And Shamika is somebody who I see out here who's marketing and innovating in a new way. Her business, she's been in for a while, but she's using uh, the, the new ways to brand your business um, well. And so I want to have her on. So thanks for hanging out on the podcast, Shamika. Yes, I am so excited. Thank you for having me. My my pleasure, my pleasure. What um <clears throat> I forget where where are you from again? Where am I from? Mm hmm Well, I'm from um well I'm from Birmingham, but okay. um in Louisville right now. We pretty much grew up in Dallas. Uh, went to school in Dallas, but I graduated from you know Cedar Hill High School and all that good stuff. Yeah, no. Only reason why I asked that was you know I'm I'm be asking everybody now about their basketball team. So I was like, I don't know who her basketball team is. Uh. So, oh Lord, college or professional? Professional playoffs, NBA playoffs. Oh. oh, Mavericks all the way. Even though I know we're not going nowhere, I love them. <laughs> yeah, hey Maverick, I talk all kinds of trash about the Cowboys, but I actually like the Maverick. I like the owner. I like Dirt. I like yeah. Luca. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Cowboys, I can talk trash about because I just you know the owner makes it super easy. I mean, it, he's a good business yeah. guy, but just very annoying when he's on the media. Very much so. I'm with you on that too. I'm with you on that 100 percent, actually. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about your, uh, you know, your origin story. How did you get into um, the current business you're in? And go ahead and tell everybody your 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 name, of your business. I know you do a lot, like, but it's in the hair care field, right? Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So the name of my business is um, Salon Hairtopia. Uh, for the hair salon in uh, Flower Mound, and then the product line is called uh, One Sweet Honeybee um, Hair Care and Cosmetics. Yeah, I just I'm I have my moments where I'm just like all girly and like to dabble in all things uh, <laughs> beauty. So I know um, for me it's so funny. I remember um, my my mom's brother, my uncle, um, his wife, Auntie Kathy. Um, her mom was a hairstylist. And I don't remember this, but people bring this to my attention like every time I go back home to Birmingham and visit. And they're like, oh, remember when you were five years old and you said you wanted to do hair just like such and such? And I was like, I don't, but everybody reminds me of that because I know she used to do hair at home. And then my mom, um, my mom actually um, told me that when I was younger, I used to get frustrated with dolls that didn't have big enough heads. 
because it wasn't enough hair. So I don't know if that was just a girly thing or what. But it's so funny because when I went um, to school after I graduated, I took cosmetology in high school. And um, I really wanted to get into it um, as a backup plan. My sister took it her junior year. And she was like, oh, we have glamour shots and we get to go to the mall during the school year. And I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up for that, for the glamour shots alone. And then I can just use it as a backup plan while I'm in college um, so that I don't have to work retail or anything like that. Because when I graduated high school in 2001, I actually was um, wanting to major in international business and minor in Spanish. But God had other plans and I ended up um, going into the hair industry um, 100% like shortly after I graduated. And so when I got into it, I started out just, um, I started out working at Supercut and I loved it. You know, it was just like one of those deals where you get into the industry, you meet so many different people in the area that I was working in. And so um, like a little bit later, I moved to a different area in um, Holland Village to a salon where I was doing more hair color, more, you know, more training, just more diversity. Just, it was really, really fun. And so I just had to think of ways like, okay, I love this salon that I work at. I was a commissioned hairstylist, but I couldn't grow anymore with that company. Um, they were a great company to work for, but my next step up would be to manage um, at another location. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to move location. I like it over here in the area where I am. I've been here. Um, I was at, at that time, I was at that salon for three years. And so I had built a clientele. And so I was like, okay, my next best thing is to just branch out on my own. And so that was very scary. But, you know, growing up in a house um, where my parents were entrepreneurs, they owned daycares since 1989. I kind of had, like, I kind of knew, you know, like ins and outs of trying to be an entrepreneur. And so I've been doing that um, ever since. I branched out on my own in 2006. And I've been in the same area um, since then. So what is this, 2019? So 13 years later, you know, as a business owner. And so um, my next step after that was, you know, building my clientele out here. After, you know, that's pretty good. I was like, you know what, I need to kind of dabble in a lot of other different things within the beauty industry, kind of like branch out, like the, the tree and the roots, all that is beauty, but it's different areas of beauty that you can go into, you know, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and grow my brand and my business that way. And so that's when I decided I wanted to have my own line of cosmetics and hair care products, um, just something to help my clients that they were looking for certain things that they couldn't find. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to keep sending them to the store and saying, okay, try this, try this. I mean, picking this up and saying, try this, try this. I was like, let me just get something that I know that they can use and that will work for their hair. And that's, you know, where One Sweet Honeybee came about. And I figured, well, hey. Since I'm doing hair and I like to play in makeup too, let me just go ahead and put some makeup with it and and just go from there. So that's pretty much it. That's yeah. But it all started with me wanting to do glamour shots and skip school um, when I was in high school. <laughs> that I can remember. Yeah. Hey, but I can you remember the the hair care business is one that I call it like it's like alcohol. It's like recession proof. Like you know if. if mm-hmm. Women are unemployed or employed. It don't matter. Like y'all gonna they gonna figure out a way to get their hair done. So uh, it's a it's a it's always mm-hmm. been a business. Plus, I'm I'm sure you know Madam C J Walker was the first female millionaire. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Around, around hair care, how how is so like, um, and I, and I'm asking this because I'm completely ignorant. Do you find a lot of, uh, 
you know, licensed hair care professionals are independent or do they work for like the big chains, like the Supercuts or the Ulta or, um, you know, what's, what's the other one, other big one? The Sephora, does Sephora do, Sephora doesn't do stuff. They don't have. Um, they do. Well, you know, no, they don't. Ulta actually has a beauty salon in there. Um, I think a lot of times it just depends on the area. And I think it depends on um, the beauty school that they went to and then the people that they work with. So, like, for me, um, like I said, I took it in high school. And then I had um, all the intentions of when I did go out for the first time out um, to own my own salon. But I think what happens is people, they put an unnecessary financial burden on themselves when they come out of beauty school and then try to go straightway into um, into a salon where they're paying blueprint and having to get their own um, their own products and, you know, build their clientele. A lot of people um, that I know of, my sister in Birmingham, she um, actually went out on her own and she's actually doing quite well. Um, but it's because from beauty school, she tried to build a clientele from there. Um, but I guess it just kind of depends on the, the people. Like I tell my girls that are wanting to like look into it. I tell them, I say, hey, go somewhere and work um, where you're getting paid a commission first. I mean, they're going to make sure you're educated. And the classes, a lot of times, like if we go to hair shows and different things like that, yes, we have the ticket price, but some classes are expensive. And I've paid anywhere from as little as $25, you know, for a class that they're um, offering at one of those beauty supply stores that I shop at that's for life professionals, and upwards of $1,800 for a class. So oh, wow. when you're working for, yeah, when you're working for a company that pays commission, you know, okay, they're going to have the clientele based on brand recognition alone, walk in, walk out, and then you can kind of build from there. But then they also are going to make sure that you stay educated with like some of the, you know, the best classes, the best techniques. And then you can just kind of, you have other people there. <laughs> when I first started, you know, there are principles, um, the hair color that, you know, you just don't really think about. And so, you know, somebody comes in with light hair and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, you want to go brown? I could put that color on your hair. You know, not thinking, no, you need to feel that because if you take and put brown on top of blonde, their hair is going to turn gray. Now, -hmm. if you're in a situation where you're fresh out of beauty school and you're like in your own space and you are kind of comfortable with hair, but you're not 100% comfortable, if you mess up on somebody's hair color in a place where you have like a commission salon, your manager and some of the other people that are working there help you out. It's like teamwork. So that's why for me, I encourage my girls, you know, and my guys when they're going out to go work somewhere commission and then work their way up to, you know, booth rent because beauty school, I think it's a, a misconception that, you know, when you're in beauty school, yeah, you, you learn everything you need to know about hair. I've been in the industry for a long time and I stay hungry for education. Like I, if it's somewhere like I, now, I'm not going to lie, I try to take it on to like a, a Vegas or I know, um, um, they do some in, you know, Cancun. I try to hit those up because you can have mm-hmm. fun with it too. But it's like you have to stay hungry for the education regardless of which way you go. But then also understand um, that when you're in school, it just teaches you the fundamentals of hair, you know, the science of hair, how to cut hair, you know, how to braid, how to do this, why you shouldn't mix this chemical with this, the correct way to, you know, apply chemicals, you know, make sure you don't do the clippers over here, you know, on this side of their ear because you can cut them and it's a main vein right there. And if they bleed out, now you got to enter it on your hand and, you know, the way to properly disinfect. So it's fundamental. And then when you get out is when you can just kind of like, you know, hone in on your skills and do what you want to do in the industry that way. So, yeah. What, what, what ends up, um, 
So I, don't, I mean, there, there's a lot of changes in the business. I want to go to those there and I want to go to marketing, but I'm also curious, like, what's the difference between like the, you know, independent uh, hairstylists that are making whatever the top of the market is making and then everybody, mm-hmm. else, what are they doing differently? Or, um, do you mean as far as like as far as um, income, um, income or the type of salon they decide to go to? And more, and I'm more going like, um, are they just, you know, do they have better techniques? I'm trying to figure out like, what's the driver of super successful um, hair companies? Is, is it is it product? Is it experience? Is it that they just do things, you know, a lot better? Like, what's the like, like if I, maybe I'm asking the question wrong. Let me, let me check. Let me ask it differently. If, if I were a brand new, you know, lady and I, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do I pick my hairdresser out of all of them, um, mm-hmm. you know, how do, how do I pick? Like, you know, for me, I tell, um, it's, I feel like it's about the relationship that you establish with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make sure your clients feel valued. You have to make sure they feel appreciated. You have to make sure your clients understand that you're listening to them. Um, it's a lot of different things. Like for me, like I, my salon is in Flyer Mound. I have clients coming to me from McKinney. I have clients coming to me from Plano. I have clients that when they go away to school with their extensions and everything like that, they book plane tickets coming back every eight weeks to get their extensions done. And it's like I tell people all the time, there are hundreds of hair salons in between myself and where they live. But I try to make an experience, you know, for my clients every time I, I say, do not overpromise and underdeliver. You know what I'm saying? Promise what they want and then overdeliver each and every time. And then you also have to make sure, like I said, when you respect your clients, like when my clients come and get their hair done, if your appointment is like, say, for instance, I have a client that comes in and she needed to get her hair colored. Um, she's going to be here and I'm going to put her color on. If her appointment's at eight and if she, you know, just, depending on what we have to get done. She doesn't have to worry about me having her come in at eight and then somebody else coming at eight fifteen, somebody else coming at eight thirty. Now I got fifty eleven people in here that I'm working in between and she's here for nine hours. My clients mm-hmm. know that if you come here at a certain time, I'm gonna respect your time. You can come to me during your lunch break and if you tell me, Hey Shanika, I'm coming on my lunch break and the time is available, can I be out within an hour? Somebody with relaxed hair and wants to get a shampoo style and they're just getting a flat iron, I can definitely get you in on your lunch break. I have clients that will, um, I have my set hours, but I have clients that have been coming to me for years since my son was at a car seat and he's driving now. And they can call me and say, hey, Shamika, I have a flight. Um, I know you don't typically do this, but I was wondering if I can get in this day and this time. Now, I might have, you know, my book school for that day, you know, and I'm coming in at nine. But if I need to come in at 7 so that she can be out of here by 8.30 to make it to the airport by 10.30, 11, I'm going to do that. But then mm-hmm. I also, you know, I, I talk to them. You know, people get upset, I think, a lot of times. Like me as a hairstylist, I do charge for consultations. And what I do when people come in for consultations, I'm talking to them, trying to get a feel of, and I say this to people, and the look they kind of give me sometimes is like, hmm? But I say, as a new person coming in here, I need to talk to you to understand not only you know, can I provide what it is you want for your hair? But I have to understand, I have to see if you're going to vibe with what myself and my clients have created within my salon space. So I have to know that if your appointment is at, you know, two, 
you don't think you're going to show up at 215, 220 to get your hair done because at that, at that time, you know, you can't get your hair done with me because I have somebody else coming in. I have to know that, you know, even having conversations, like you're not going to, you know, try to, um, I don't know what other term you use, but like devo yourself into somebody else's appointment or just to know if your personality is going to mesh with the people that I already have coming in here. And then also for me to say, okay, if you want to get this done, I know it's going to take this, this, and this. So I need to fill your hair and see how much time it's going to take so that it doesn't mess up the flow of what's going on. So my advice to people that are looking for a new hairstylist is if they have a consultation, book a consultation. Don't just go in there that first day not knowing who this person is and you haven't even met them and you don't know if you're going to mesh well with them. And then they have to provide that experience and they have to respect you. And not only that, then they do your hair well. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. something else too, I said I'm trying to figure out a way to, um, to, to, to do this. I don't want to seem disrespectful, but my clients' husbands love me. I get text messages from my client um, husbands like, oh, my God, I love my wife's hair. Thank you. You know, she loves her hair. I'm excited. Like, I like her hair. Next time, can you put some more blonde? Next time, can you make it more curly? You know, and my client's husbands are like, uh, you need to get on her books every two weeks, every three weeks. Like, you just need to make sure you're going to her to get your hair done because, you know, they appreciate that I'm not keeping their wives in here every day and their hair is growing, their hair is healthy. And they don't have to hear their wives, you know, complaining about their hair. So it's it's a lot. But the biggest part is to establish that relationship with your client so that they trust you. And you know what I'm saying? And that way they do want to come to you and also deliver um, every single time that they come to your salon. And if you don't deliver, if something is not the way that, you know, they want it to be or it was a miscommunication somewhere, you have to be willing to be like, you know what, come in tomorrow, let's fix this. Or come in, like, you can come on up here now, let's, like, fix this and see what's going on. Or, like, let's give it a couple of days. You just have to be willing to work with people and respect them and treat them, you know, like you would want to be treated. Good old-fashioned service. That's it. That's it. You have to have customer service and handle your business. You have to have customer service and handle your business. You just have to. How, how how do you see uh, technology changing the industry, or is it has it even touched your industry yet? Um, in some ways, it has. Uh, for me, it has. I will say because now I don't do paper and pencil booking. I book um I book online through um an online booking service. Um, I love that when I'm on vacation, I let my send out an email through that service and saying, hey, I'm going to be on vacation from this time to this time. If you want to book, you can go online. So that way I can enjoy my family while I'm on vacation or, you know, while I'm off work. Um, I guess another way that I see technology is happening that, you know, affecting when it comes to like pictures and posting and different things like that, you have to make sure you're investing in good quality products. Like the phone that I have, I bought it because of the camera capabilities. I know that's crazy because I could have just been fine with just a flip phone. But I was like, I like this phone, how it takes pictures with my ring light, how it does videos, how it does all that type of thing because it matters. Um, My clients love, I'm going back to the booking service. They like um, that they get um, get an email and a text reminder two days before their appointment as well as three days before their appointment. They can reschedule through the app. They can book what they need to book through the app. And it just, it makes sense for them and it's easier for them. And even for me, you know, the girl who does my hair books through the same service. It could be one o'clock in the morning on a month, you know, on a Monday. And I'm like, oh, I need to book my hair appointment. And I don't have to worry about texting her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then um, 
I don't know if social media would be considered um, technology. Um, I guess it could be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Social media has changed a lot, like, um, as far as the hair industry. I um, I remember one time I was at the DMV with my son getting his license. And I'm sitting here and, you know, know, the DMV, I'm like, okay, I was glad I had my hair done that day because on my day, I'll just use a hat and I had to put on lipstick and makeup if I look a little decent. Because I was sitting there and I saw the girl who was working at the DMV. She kind of walked over to us and I was like, oh, Lord, I done done something wrong. We're going to have to come back the next day. And she was like, I'm sorry. Are you my salon hair topia on Instagram? And I was like, well, yes, I am. <laughs> she was like, I thought it was you. I have questions about my hair and I'm da 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 da. And then I was like, oh, okay. So the recognition and stuff like that from Instagram. And I have had, you know, clients come in from Instagram because they've seen my work. One lady told me, she said, I've been watching you for over a year. And she said, you've been consistent. I like how you post. I like how your, your hair comes out. She's like, and she's been coming to me now for almost two years. So it's changed in that way to where I don't have to get out passing out business cards all the time. I have business cards for my old school clients that, you know, don't really want to use their phones and say, okay, here's her link, here's that. So they do it. But for the most part, if somebody asks me about my hair, you know, my, you know, the salon or anything like that, or the product line, you know, I just send them a link to the Instagram or, you know, my website. And they seem to like that better because they can go through my catalog of work and see what it is that I have done and if it, I'm somebody that they want to go to. So it's changed it, I think, um, for the better. And then even um, for hairstylists wanting to get training, like there's this um, organization and they do hair shows all the time. But if you can't make it to the hair show, you can actually pay and they live stream some of the classes. Mm. So not only, so you don't have to be there. So now you can be at home because you couldn't make it. And it's not all of the classes. They kind of, you know, got to incentivize us to get there by saying, okay, it's going to be this, this, and this. But they also have monthly services that you can join for like 20 bucks a month as a hairstylist. And you're guaranteed a couple of classes a month that you can look at. And you have this library of training and you didn't have to go anywhere, but in your salon or at home. So it's really it's really, really changed. It just allowed more, I think, accessibility for the clients um, to reach us and then for us to, you know, pretty much just, you know, show our work and what we're capable of. And it works wonderfully. I love it. I love how it has changed the industry a lot. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's pretty cool. What, what, what's the, um, I'm telling the product side, you said you create, you, you created the product. Did you end up is that more, are you more like a retailer in that business or you, you had your own products made uh, in your own line for hair, for hair products? I actually, I actually do both. So I, um, I'm a retailer for other lines. Like from, like, um, I know for me, everybody knows Moroccan oil is safe. It's my absolute favorite line for any and everybody because of how it hydrates and moisturizes the hair. And then I keep other things in here that my clients, um, use like if they do Brazilian blowouts and different things like that. So I do retail other products. But my product line that I came out with, the one sweet honeybee, I wanted to focus on um scalp because I was noticing that like as the um as the weather was changing, you know, clients were having issues with dandruff and itchy scalp and just different things like that. So I wanted something to combat that for the initial launch of my line. And so I, you know, have products that have peppermint oil, tea tree oil, that kind of thing, as well as like detanglers and different things like that. So I do a little bit of both. I have my products here um, that are private label, and then I also have um, retail other brands that work really well, too, just depending on what 
you know, each individual client needs. Got it. And, and that's where that one-on-one consultation comes from. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, I'm going to say, because it's just been times where I've had my ladies come in for their consultation, like my first time saying it, when I tell them, bring in your products that you use. Like, bring your bag in so I can see what's going on. Because in the consultation, we can do, a, like, if they're natural, we can do a porosity test. And I can say, okay, this is not going to work for your hair because this, this, and this. And they might want to do the consultation because they think that they are going to come in here and get a full color service. But then it's like, we can't do a full color service because what's been going on with your hair previous, your hair can't sustain that. So now we have to get you on a healthy hair regimen. So your first appointment should be this. And then subsequently, we can take a look back at this in three months and then see if we've gotten your hair to where your hair can handle color. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, it, yeah. How, Definitely have to keep an array. Mm-hmm. Do, do do you see anything with like um, you know, a lot of a lot of these? And I'm you know, I feel I feel old now, but younger being like <laughs> you know, 16, 17, 18, I know a lot of young girls do um, these weaves now uh, in their hair. Is and and I'm I'm just completely asking because. I think I've heard in conversations that messes up your hair and I never really asked about it. Does that like mess up your hair or do you see some things that, you know, women are doing that are, you know, harming their hair? Cause you mentioned hair treatment. And so I was like, yeah, I, I meant to ask about that. Yes, definitely. Now with anything, and it's so funny cause my clients, <laughs> you know, after a while it's like, I keep it business but then after a while I'm like, girl, we're not going to do that. Or if I tell them in a previous appointment, like, You've had your install in for two rounds. So we've done, like, say, for instance, somebody comes in, they get a, you know, a full sewing done with the closure. So we have it in. They keep that in for eight weeks. Take it out, you know, shampoo, condition, press. Keep, I, my recommendation is to try to keep your hair out for a couple of weeks in between installs. And then after you do, like, maybe two or three installs, then have your hair out for a little bit, like a couple of months, and then put it back in. Because with anything, like, yes, it's a protective style, but it's not a protective style if you keep putting tension on your hair. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a good thing about it is, like, now there's so many different techniques for extensions. There's microlinks. There's, you know, know, sew-in. So many different techniques to where, you know, you can do these things that you want, but the ultimate goal should be to, I want to get my hair healthy. The, the install, you know, and the extension should not be um, because your hair isn't healthy. It should be an alternative because you want to give your hair a break or you don't want to deal with your hair. Or it's funny, like my ladies now have vacation hair and then they have hair that they can wear while they're here, you know, like at work and, you know, that type of deal. But they have their hair out and their curls are beautiful. Their hair is healthy. Their hair is growing. So it's just a matter of knowing when you have to take it out and when you can put it in. And I've had times where clients have booked. That's another thing I like about um, style seat that I book through. Um, I get a text message instantly when somebody books. So if I just told you your last appointment that we got to take these extensions out, and so and then you tell me, oh, well, I want to put it back in, but I'm telling you it's not good for your hair, when they book another sew-in or whatever, I'll cancel it. And even if it's my day off, if it's after the time that, um, you know, I usually don't, you know, I'm not on the phone with clients, I'll call them. Like, girl, what are you doing? Or send them a text. Like, we just talked about you can't put these extensions back in your hair. I need your hair out for, like, six weeks, and then we can put it back in so that we can condition it and trim it and keep it together. 
And they're like, well, I know. I just want to uh-uh, buy a wig. We're not going to do it. <laughs> We're not going to do it. So if the client trusting the stylist and then the stylist telling the client, like, girl, that's not going to work for your hair. Yeah. Shamika, you don't, you don't have a YouTube channel, do you? I don't. I'm thinking about it. I just need some more time. I, I, I have one, but I'm not posting. I'm going to rephrase that. I do have one, but I'm not making as many videos as I need to make. Just what, for time purposes. What, what 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 do you think you would what do you think you would uh what do you think you would do first? YouTube or IGTV? I think I probably would do IGTV first and then from IGTV direct my people over to my YouTube. Um because I'm on I'm on Instagram all the time. Like I'm constantly posting to Instagram, so I'm like might as well use all of those features. But I, I would like to have a YouTube channel, but see, the thing about it is I would want my um, my IGTV probably would be a little bit more educational than my YouTube channel would be, only because while I would have some videos on YouTube, I also would want to focus on kind of like more shop talk, like talking, having just like candid conversations about some of everything with my clients when they come in. And then that's the type, of course, with their permission, but then that's the content that I put on my YouTube. Like, girl, what do you think about this, Dollar? What do you think about this? Or what do you think about this in pop culture? Just the stuff that we talk about at the salon. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, think would be fun. Yeah. So this, mm -hmm. What'd you say? No, go, no, I was saying, yeah, that would be a good idea. Go ahead. Mm -hmm, yeah, because I mean, we talk about some of everything in here. And it's so funny because like I was saying before, when I do the consultation with new clients, I will have clients in here and I know that they are both on completely different sides of the political spectrum, just from conversations that we have in the salon. Like, you know, that one-on-one -on -one time, like I said, not a lot of people are here. But when they come into the salon and that type of stuff doesn't come up, they talk about everything. They see mm -hmm. each other out in public and they're, they give each other hugs and they introduce each other to family and establish relationships and different things like that. So I like that dynamic that I've created, and that's something that I would like to bring to my YouTube channel. And of course, throw some wine in there and just see what happens, you know. And <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> that, that that would be fun. No, I, I I um, and I I was I got some I got one more question, then two more questions, then we'll go to the to the last round. But the reason why I asked that was, yeah, I think I think the whole healthy hair thing. Is a is a big educational opportunity, you know, because I just you know I, I, I see it a lot. Like as a guy, I got I got to give you my my so my my wife is eleven years younger than her older sister. Her older sister mm -hmm. is a physician, you know, and she's been in that since eighteen nineteen. So, you know, of course, little sister dynamic. Like my wife knows a lot about hair, um, a lot about mm -hmm. hair. That's what her older sister does, right? And, and so. You know, I've I've learned to spot, you know, damaged hair uh, as a dude. Mm -hmm. um, you know, dudes, we know what doesn't look right, but I can't. You know, I don't know. I I wouldn't think deeply into <laughs> be like, man, her hair look jacked up. You know, but um, yeah. But but I'm like I'm like, man, I see it a lot. I bet it's a huge opportunity for education around there. So, uh, mm -hmm. But the second thing, the second thing that I was gonna um, ask you about is, so you've been in business for 13 years, and it's no secret that um, um, hairstylists aren't super great with money. So, you know, mm -hmm. able to like, you know,
grow your business, handle cash, reinvest in marketing and, and everything else you're doing to continue to grow your business? Um, I will just say this. I have been blessed. I call people earth angels. Um, one of my really good friends, Brandis, I met her years ago and she's an accountant, you know, and she taught me a lot about saving and investing and different things like that. And then I have an aunt who is great. Like she is like, if I have an aunt <laughs> and I told her, I said, I would pay you to, if she lived here in Texas, I said, I would pay you to handle my finances as far as payroll. And, you know, when I do start doing that type of deal and, you know, where to put, you know, money and do this and the other. But even my clients that come in here, my clientele is tremendous. They're absolutely wonderful. And we have the conversation. And so from having conversations with them and me asking questions, I've learned from them, you know, and then trial and error. When I was a new hairstylist on my own for the first time, it's like, oh, snap, money in my hand, gone girl. But then it's like, hold up. You didn't save <laughs> what you were supposed to save. So I did have those experiences in my young 20s when I did, you know, venture out on my own. So a combination of all of that, God putting the right people in my, my life through clients, through friends, you know, family, and then me actually having a, uh, you know, a, a, an ear to listen, like not just asking for the advice and then just saying, okay, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, I've learned about retirement. I've learned about investing. You know, I have clients come in. Like one of my guys, he was like, I need you. This was years and years ago. And he was like, I need you to invest in this stock. And I put a little bit in there because I was like, I don't know nothing about that. And it's growing and has grown. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I've just been blessed. I have really, really been blessed with the people in my life um, that give great advice and then me listening to them because it doesn't make sense for me to ask and then think that I can do it all on my own. I just can't. So it's trial and error. It definitely is. De de definitely, definitely. Nah, cool, cool. That's that's a that's another. You should also put that on your on your IGTV channel around education because I think it. I think you might take it for granted, but but knowing you, you you are more organized around finances than a lot of the hairstylists that I know, and it's I mean, it's a it's a big need because they're business owners. You know, like talk, some business owners are what do you call what do you call artisans or practitioners, but not good business people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, yeah. and the foundation mm -hmm. of business is like numbers, right? You got to understand the money. You don't have to be excellent at it, but you got to have some sort of system that works for you. Yes. And when you don't know, do not be afraid to ask and hire somebody else to do it for you. That's my big thing. You know, at first I had a superwoman complex, like I can do it all. I can handle this and do this and do this and do this. And then I got burnt out and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not to delegate this because I can't handle this. I want to focus on this part. So let me pay somebody else to do this. Thank you, Jesus. And then the way, you know, I have my business set up, you know, I do do, I, I have to. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's funny that you say that too, because I have been, and this ain't nothing but confirmation for me, because I had been for the longest, um, just like jotting down ideas and thoughts for like an ebook and an e-course for hairstylists that are starting out of the industry, that are new to the industry, and that are, um, you know, that are um, old in the industry, but just ways that they can think about things to get their business where they need it to be. Because if you don't handle your business, you're not going to have no business. And it's mm -hmm. just the way it is on, on every end. And I have been for like a better way of saying it, running from it. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't have the time. I don't want to do it. But this is just confirmation for me to do it. So I'm just going to have to sit down and get it together in this season. Because I did just say that's 
something I need to think about the next phase of where I want to go. But I've been running from what's like right in my face. So thank you for that. Right, my, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. So the, these are the five questions that I have everybody. Uh, I get some good answers from. So for, first question is if you can go back and talk to 22 year old Shamika, what would you say to her? Have fun. Like don't be so serious all the time and don't, and, and just, just, just have fun in just everything, in business, in relationships, just have fun. You got the rest of your life to worry about, you know, being so serious and doing all the other stuff. But just have fun and take, you know, more time for yourself. Okay. Um, as far as brands or companies you like to do business with, what are the top three companies that you, like, really enjoy spending money with? Uh, Moroccan Oil is one um let me see let me see that's oh design essentials is another one in the hair industry and then um for uh, let me see that's a good one that's interesting because now i've gone to the point to where i'm cheap i'm a miser so i will spend <laughs> unless i have to so um oh i like to travel so i'm gonna say carnival cruise Carnival Cruise. Okay. Hey, I'm curious. What, yeah. what's, the phone, what's the phone too you're talking about? You said you bought a phone that you had to buy. What phone is that? Oh, um, I have an Apple. I have an iPhone 10. And I've always been an Android girl. But when I went to this, I wanted the um, Android that was catching fire. Uh, the, was it like the Note 8 or something like that? I wanted mm -hmm. that phone so bad because one of my clients had it. But when I, it was time for me to get it, of course, they didn't have it. And so the girl got me into an iPhone. And then I eventually got the iPhone 10 and I love it. Like it's great for what I need it for with the apps that I use and stuff. I love it. Okay. I'm actually switching back to Apple. I was with Apple before and then the last three years I, I switched off just to try the Google Pixel. And it was mm -hmm. a cool phone, but it's just like Apple just, it's like when you're away from Apple, you, you find times where you need Apple for like an app or a feature on the phone mm -hmm. with Apple. And I was like, I was like, you know what, man? I'm a. Why am I fighting it? The phones cost the same. Let me just go back to Apple. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got some good stuff. Um, where, where do you like? Third question is where do Where do you like to um, get your information? So more like, is it email, newsletter, social media, friends, newspaper, TV? How do you get updated on what's going on in the world? Um. Sometimes social media, um, friends, but then I do research myself too. And then I'm always watching the news. Like it, my channel, go, my TV goes back and forth to just different news stations all the time. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of times on social media, it's like, okay, is that even a, is that link even, you know, credible? Like what in the world are y'all talking about right here? So yeah, <laughs> I'm always on the news. And then I have a lot of news apps on my phone. Um, so I just kind of like click on those when different things pop up that I kind of want to see. Okay. And then TV, TV shows or movies when you are relaxing and you have some downtime, what, what are some of the shows or, or, or movies you like to watch? Oh my goodness. I think I've watched Bob's Burgers like seasons one through whatever twice. Uh, <laughs> right now I'm watching um, Living Single. Bob's Burgers. It's like a little cartoon. I uh -oh. love Bob's Burgers. My family guy <laughs> and that type of stuff. Um, Dr. Temple Popper got a show, so I'm watching that. And then, like, right now on Hulu, I'm watching um, Living Single. 
But a movie that I watch every week without fail and I don't even care is Boomerang. That is my all-time favorite movie, and it is on at least twice a week, even if it's just for background noise. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, cool. You, are, you not, are you a Game of Thrones person or nah? Well, you know, I have not seen a single episode. I need to catch up. I think I'm just going to be one of those people that am mad at myself like I was with Sex in the City. I didn't watch it until after it was off air. And I was like, I should have been watching this every week. But now I kind of feel like it's kind of late for me to even try to play catch up with Game of Thrones. But I said that's going to be one um, that I'm going to start watching and bench watching. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's how I am. I, I want to watch it, but then you just know how you get once you – once I get on, I'm like, I can't start now because I don't have the time to finish it, and I just got too much stuff going on. So Exactly. Exactly. And people look at you like you're crazy when you say that. It's like, oh, now, y'all going to let me know what happened on Facebook anyway. So <laughs> I'm not going to remember when I watch it. <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah, I'm going to forget by the time I watch it, so I'll, I'll be safe. Yes. Um, then last question is, what are, what are the top three books – uh, you've either read or listened to. Um, it, it could be top three of all time or just recent recent books that you remember reading that you enjoyed. One of my favorite, my most favorite books, and I've read this book like three times over, um, it's Coldest Winter Ever, Sister Soldier. Like that is my, I love that book. Um, I read any and everything Eric Jerome Dickey. Um, and then I've gotten into audiobooks um, here lately. So the last book that I read on, um, well, not read, I listened to an audiobook with um, Jennifer Lewis, the mother of Black Hollywood. Um, I listened to um, We're Going to Need More Wine, Gabrielle Union. Um, I read um, The Alchemist, recommendation of one of my clients. So it just really kind of depends. I'm trying to get more into reading audiobooks to make it easier. But if I can read, um, uh, well, when I, when, if I have time to read, I guess I should say, um, it'll probably be something that's fiction because it's a lot of craziness going on right now. So I just take <laughs> just take my mind and, and let's put it in another world. Cause we got a lot going on right now. Yep. Yep. And yep. I, yeah. Well, well mm-hmm. cool. I, I appreciate your time coming on here talking about the hair. Yeah, thank I'm, you for having I'm, me. I'm, and, and it wasn't it wasn't a random pick. A, A, I knew you knew you had some good to say, but the B, you know, one of you know, and this is not an investment recommendation for anybody, but uh, one of the one of my stocks that I own on my best performance stocks is Ulta. Um, oh yeah, beauty supply because they basically have like a monopoly on suburbs. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I thought uh, I, th- I was like, man, I'd be curious to learn a little bit more about about the hair care business. Um, but they, mm-hmm. they're doing some stuff. I'm cu- I'm curious why I got you on here. What why why do you why do you think Ulta's uh dominate in the suburbs? I mean the setup of it. When you walk into Ulta, you can get everything you need for beauty, plus they have a hair salon at Ulta too. Um you I mean hair care, skin care, um, cosmetics, fragrance. I mean everything is in there and it's laid out in a way that makes you want to shop. Like I have yet to go to an Ulta that isn't well staffed, that isn't clean you know, that doesn't have a product that I'm looking for. And if I, if, if they don't have it, they're like, okay, well, we can send it to your house for free. Like whoever did that, the blueprint on that, they did a great job on that because you walk in there. I don't know how it is with like men and shoes, you know, but for us women, when we go into beauty supply stores, it's like, okay, here, take all my money. Just, you know, just 
everything that I don't need, <laughs> but I want. And Ulta, like, really laid it out well for us. So we, we can't help ourselves. We just can't. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. is one of my long-term holds because the, 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 the financials and, and the fanatics on the loyalty program and all that is so strong. I was like, man, I'm, I wish I understood this more, you know, as a consumer, but, um, and you know what it's so funny you say that because there's another one that i shop at i'm not gonna say the name and it's kind of like competition for ulta but not necessarily because ulta has more things i have quite a few clients that have left that particular place because of how their loyalty program was and how they're trying to change it to and they've gone over to ulta and they're like i'm so glad i should have done this years ago Mm -hmm. and they love it and I'm talking about people that spend at least a few hundred dollars in beauty products that we don't need every month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> one, one day I'm going to start a private equity company and just buy into one because it's, it's, it's money. Yes, yes, yes. Well, cool. Well, ha- have, a, have a good day. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you. You too, you too. 